as uh, the pastor called me and, and uh, asked me if I would uh, handle this this evening, uh, immediately what came to my mind was, uh, as we're starting a new year, what is it that, that is always on our mind? What, <clears throat> what comes to your mind here uh, related to the new year? What's the first thing on your mind? <clears throat> new beginnings. Excuse me? New beginnings. New beginnings. What else? Resolutions. Say, Resolutions. Resolutions. Well, that happens to be what uh, I'm presenting this evening, and I know we... of having a resolution. Making a Excuse me? Making a, change. Making a change. Okay, that's good. Um, a change for, and a commitment, that's great. Um, research points out that typically resolutions are, are made for uh, a self-improvement in some area of life, typically. We'll discuss that in a few minutes. Um, has anybody here, would they care to give uh, a New Year's resolution that you're going to work yourself through this year uh, to share with us? Without, without embarrassment. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm trying to be current. I saw a hand. I saw a couple hands. Go ahead. Exercise more. Exercise more. That's interesting you say that. And I'll tell you why in a few minutes. Yes, ma'am. I'm going to try and get up early and pray and read the Bible before I go to work and get the kids up. Okay, a spiritual emphasis starting in your life each morning. Good, good, good. Um, I know, have you heard the statement, uh, your resolution made to be broken? Have you ever heard that before? Well, that's... I don't know who made that statement, but they're not very popular, and, and I don't believe that that's the case. Resolutions are made to be resolute. Now, that takes us to our, our study tonight. Um, first off, what resolutions are important to you that uh, you want to see accomplished this year? Think that through. I'm not going to make you give it a, a verbal thing, but I'm going to share with you some things that society brings to us what, what resolutions are important. And I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, what a resolution really means. Uh, and for 2024, Forbes did a national survey. What do you think the number one resolution made is <clears throat> this year? To lose weight. Lose weight? Or exercise. Okay. I'm sorry? Exercise. I couldn't hear that. Exercise. Exercise. Anything else? Okay, you guys are, are, are doing great. The number one uh, resolution made, 48% of those interviewed said that, that um, physical and mental fitness improvement is their number one thing. Number two thing, losing weight. And uh, I've heard that mentioned here. Uh, I'm surprised. I thought this would be right up at the top, number three, uh, and that is improving your finances. 
And fourth is improving your mental health. Now, what does that, what does that entail? What do you think that entails? Uh, I think it, it's being focused on the things that have meaning and kind of discarding the things that really have no bearing on your life and focus on, on doing what's right. Now, the world doesn't have the same principles and foundations as believers do. And so there's such a diversity in uh, our nation of, of, of having to accomplish these things. Um, the uh, number two, somebody mentioned, was, was losing weight. Number three was improving finance, your financial status. And fourth, as I mentioned, is, is mental health. Uh, what do you think that the percentage of those able to complete their New Year's resolutions are? What do you think that is? Zero. Excuse me? Zero. Zero? Oh, no, it, it's a little higher than that. <laughs> 45. Yeah, well, that's interesting. And I heard somebody else say something? Five. 5%. Okay. Only about 36% make it past the first month. And then those that maintain a resolution has been placed at right around 9%. So there's, there's, there's some credibility to resolutions and, and maintaining them. You know, we always want to start off fine with them, but we always have um, excuses or issues that arise that don't allow us to complete those. Um, do we relate to this? And as we think about this new year, are, are we deter-minded, or are we determined as we, as we try to seek out what these res what resolutions are that we're, we're uh, fulfilling this year? Um, I see from a, a psychological research that a majority of resolutions are not really resolutions, but uh, they're more of a hopeful ideal that we, we want to make or boost us up personally, or maybe even to benefit other people. Now, some of the things mentioned here really reflected about personal stuff, but that tends to be a, a mindset of wanting to be outside of ourselves with this. Uh, as, as we look into the Word, though, and we gather spiritual insights and, and hopeful directions and convictions for the new year, we're going to need these to be resolute in accomplishing so we can employ them for this new year. Now, uh, I want to share some brief thoughts on our coming year and, and how we fit into it. And um, better yet, how our Lord is going to fit into it with us. How resolute are we with resolutions? Uh, now, what does it mean to be resolute? And it's interesting, when, I'm, when I started this, I'm thinking, I asked myself that question. I'm thinking, do I really know what that is? And so I did a little bit of research. What do you think it means to be resolute? To be determined. Okay, that's good. Focus, Focus? excellent. There's a couple more important aspects to that. Follow through. Excuse me? Follow through. Follow through. Good, good. Uh, boldness and steadiness. I would take steadiness as being following through are um, what Webster defines it as, um, as this. Uh, now, does this really define what we determine to hopefully change for the new world as a betterment, as a believer? Now, some of that may have uh, significant implications in how we perform things, but I want us to look at a, a, um, a biblical, spiritual 
determination this year as to what we are doing here, not just in our church and for our church, but in the Lord and for our Lord. So um, we're going to take a look into the Word, gather some insights, we'll get some hopeful directions, and, and maybe even develop a conviction which we can employ for this new year, and that we can be resolute in focusing on what our Lord has to do in store for us and, and helping to, us to make a change. Now, if you have your Bibles, um, we're going to look at uh, Lamentations 3, 22 through 24, and its background. Uh, re- just real quick, who, who wrote Lamentations? Do we know? Jeremiah. Excuse me? Jeremiah. I couldn't hear that. Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Yes, ma'am. I'm sorry, I couldn't hear that. That is, that's crazy. He he's, um, believes I've written that, and he also has written another book, Jeremiah. So there, there's two, two books that I think we're going to look at this evening with some of the, the um, principles that he had in place back then and what we have, can employ right now for as, uh, as we start our new year. Uh, I'm going to take us to, first off, Lamentations 3, 22 through 24, and its background, okay? I want you to think this through here, the, the timing of, of what's happened here. Um, because, and this is in 22 through 24, is because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great in your, is your faithfulness. I say to yourself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait on him. And then another side of, of that in Jeremiah that Jeremiah has written about is in 29.11. And, and this is a, a, a strong emphasis, a focus that I want us to really take with us this year. Uh, I'm employing this and, and, and going to do this. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you, and plans to give you hope and a future. Now, um, who knows the prophet that wrote this? Jeremiah and, and um, um, Lamentations. Who was the prophet? Jeremiah was. Um, Although no author would sign his name to this writing, it's attributed to him because of the, what he is praying about and what he states about. Uh, first off, a little bit of background about where Jeremiah is. And I, and I want us to look at Jeremiah as a, as a figure here as we're looking what he has seen in the world in his time. And then what we see in the world at our time. And how do we be resolute? How do we be resolute in accomplishing what the Lord wants us to do? Um, do you remember what, ha- what happened to um, Jeremiah? Uh, he witnessed the national tragedy of, of Israel failing to, falling to uh, Babylon and his tearful outcry because of their rejection of who God was and the principles and laws as a nation. Israel failed. They fell and they failed as a nation. Choosing to ne- neglect and reject God. Now, when I, when I started this, all of a sudden, wow, what's happening to America? Okay. And I kept on going on. Although this, this time of rejection occurred, it was not the end of Israel as we know the history. That's great news. But, of course, the history that it brings to us brings us to where we are today. But in the context of our study, this captivity was in order as these men and women made a choice, instead of being resolute in who God is and was but to wallow in the blessings of God's goodness and greatness, 
Do you remember or do you recall Jeremiah's nickname? The weeping prophet. Bingo. Now why would this man be weeping? Because of what he saw as a nation, God-given, God-ordained, uh, and the, the kingdom of God resting on this earth for that time was being completely destroyed, literally. Was the people of Israel were being killed. They were being taken captive. The nation of Israel ceased to exist right then. Do you remember that what happened? They were all taken from their beautiful area in Israel that God had given them that place to be overcome and be transported to another heathen nation. And that's where they set up their 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 country inside, which they weren't able to follow the, the um, laws that they were given by God to follow. So um, as, 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 although the time of rejection occurred, it was not the end of Israel, though. Thank God. But in the context of our study, this captivity was in order as these men and women made a choice instead of being resolute in who God was and is, but to wallow in the blessings of God and God's goodness and his greatness. And as we talked about, how did he do this was his, was his focus on who he was with the Lord, what the nation of Israel was to the Lord, and what did this cause him to do, to examine and to weep bitterly of the loss that God had given this, this nation to be of it uh, on its own, to be their God in their nation. Um, now, just a little bit of background on him, because it, as we, uh, what, what's the one thing that we start off with every year trying to do in, in January 1st? We, we want to make these new resolutions, and we want to be resolute in it. And as we've said, we, we're not always focused on being resolute because difficulties arise. Uh, I challenge you as, as we look in this here, take the time and, and go over these two books, uh, Jeremiah, and um, as, as you look at um, the context of, of both of these books that uh, he was inspired to write, see what God was doing as a new country or as a country of Israel being um, dismantled, if you would, from, from what God had given them to another country and what their, what their, um, their attitude was, what their um, passion was. And was it always back to follow who God was, even over there? It, it took, some, it took some, um, some time for that to occur. Uh, chosen, chosen at birth, Jeremiah became a prophet of God. And he was a prophet to, to the nation of, of Judah. He spoke the words that God had given him, and uh, he, he uh, prophesied and spoke these words during the, the kingdoms of uh, King Josiah, uh, King Jehoiakim, and King Zedekiah. He said that, that Jeremiah was a weeping prophet. His passion was having this nation under God that was no longer under God. And he was just weeping for the disintegration of what God had given this 
country and to be their God and for them to be his people. Um, Jeremiah, in his, in his weeping, he became very bold and he became uh, increasingly adamant in speaking what truth was. Uh, but he, he was always brought him to tears because of the passion he had for what had, God had, had laid out to be accomplished and for the failure and the departing of who God was in the ways of, of these Israelites. Uh, Jeremiah's warnings as he began in his um, teaching and sharing uh, his, his compassionate warning, um, the people didn't, didn't listen to what he was saying. He was resolute in what he was trying to accomplish that God had provided him with. Uh, but the people were not. Um, Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, stood alone declaring God's word while his beloved nation continued to reject the path of life that God had chosen for them. That ongoing rejection and personal isolation cost him greatly, as many in ministry understand. Uh, those who heed God's call in their lives may suffer many abuses from an ungodly world. And you may have experienced some of that. Now, you heard of A.W. Tozer. He wrote, always remember you cannot carry a cross in company. Though a man may be surrounded by a vast crowd, his cross is, is his alone, and carrying it marks him as a man apart. Okay, so Jeremiah's cross that he's bearing at this time was to bear uh, obedience as a role of Judah's prophet. And um, did he do this by just crying and weeping, oh, I can't do this anymore? Or was his passion because of the loss that he saw before him because there was such a failure of focusing on God's goodness and his greatness to bring Israel to where they were, to where they were nothing anymore. Um, it, it's, it's just amazing to me, and as, I, as I research this, how quickly this occurred. Um, have you heard this, this statement? Although an A.W. Tozer wrote this. Did I, did I mention this to you? Always remember, you cannot carry a cross in company. Though a man was surrounded by a vast crowd, his cross is his alone and carries its marks in him as a man apart. So bring that to your attention, and, and that maybe the second time I brought it, think of that, what, what, how, how profound that statement is. Uh, Jeremiah was going to be obedient, even if it cost him everything, and he was, and it did cost him everything. Uh, God used him to show God's God used him to show God's people the purpose of being resolute. And I bring that to mind right now, because we all are making New Year's resolutions. Okay, are we really resolute in accomplishing it? And what is that going to accomplish by being resolute about what we have a conviction to do? And so, focus on that as as, as we continue on. Uh, what was, uh, it, with this title of, of being a, a weeping prophet, obviously, what was he doing? He was crying to the Lord. And the Lord hears the calling and the crying that we bring to him when, when we go through these difficult times. This man made an outcry to his Lord. He served the Lord. And, and because the once godly nation now had become a, le a nation led by ungodly principles and represented by 
ungodly people. Now, when I was reading this and studying this, I'm thinking, wow, what a, what a change of a nation this was. And then like a, like a, 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 a block in my face hit me. Man, we're living in that right now in our nation. A nation founded upon godly principles, and, and we're going to cover that here in just a minute. What has happened to us? And as we make a, a resolution for this new year, are we resolute in following God and bringing God back to our nation? Um, what was his action? He cried out to the Lord. Do we spend time, hey, Lord, can you help me out here? Or do we go to the Lord passionately and say, God, this is what's happened to your grace, to your goodness, to your direction. Let me be an example. Let me be a leader. Let me be someone that you can use to, to bring our nation back to its knees. Well, as I said, what was his action, his resolute action? He cried out to the Lord. You know, sometimes as men, we, we tend to shy away from the crying because it, it, uh, it's not manly. And, and I would tell you, I mean, uh, for the most part, you, you, men, we try to withhold our emotion and, and um, try to be uh, strong for others to see who we are. But Jeremiah, he wasn't, he wasn't doing that. He was putting his heart out, his whole uh, passion and compassion for the people and for who God was to turn from their wicked ways. Um, the man made an outcry to the Lord because the once godly nation now had become a nation led by ungodly principles. And again, I, this just rings back to where we are today. So as the new year began for the fallen nation of Israel, he described that this once godly nation now is a powerless nation. And it was in the throes of, of seeming defeat and surrender. And he describes it in his, in his book. A nation who has sinned gravely, now a vile nation, not under God. Reading that, what does that sound like? Does that not sound like America? And so here we are. There's one nation, as we say, under God. We choose as a nation not to be under God. It was, and it's divisible. That we're, we're divided. We're seeking after own desires. And we're willing to give up the standing promises and principles written, which founded this nation, which were biblically sound. So in this way, did the nation of Israel have to fall? Did it have to? Following outside of what God intended? Did they have to fall? Yeah. When you're not following what God's principles are, that's a failure. And as a nation following that kind of principles, and you choose not to, to um, be encouraged, be reading and, and thoughtful and um, accomplishing these things, the nation cannot stand. So um, once again, as we think about resolutions for the new year, resolute, what does it mean? Firm, determined, unwavering. Now, was this nation a nation that was resolute? That's a question anybody can answer. Do you think you're resolute? Yeah. 
Recalling the definition of resolute, were they firm, were they unwavering, were they determined for the right reasons to follow God? Did Israel do that? <clears throat> and, and we look over there now, are they doing that now? So could you say that their new year in captivity was a result of a selfish, conniving, unthankful relationship with their Lord with this new year they were facing? I just challenge you to, to read uh, Jeremiah and, and um, Lamentations and just kind of get your own perspective of what happened then and where we are today. How does this new year make a difference in my life for the Lord? God is my strength, my wisdom, my eternal Lord. Well, I go into this new year not so resolute for the Lord, but more concentrated on the things that can benefit me. I don't know what your resolutions are or what you, resolutions you have heard, uh, but it's interesting to, to listen to, to what's going on in the minds of, of people. Uh, what happens is when we start the new year and we, we, we desire to have these, quote, resolutions, we become distracted. Um, we become um, busy to not follow. And so as, as, I'm, as I'm focusing on where we are today, relating that to what our scripture teaching is all about, we can, we can find some foundational principles where we can take and, and um, make our year the right year for the Lord. We've got a lot of difficulties that we face uh, before us. But as we, as we go on, uh, and as, as we know from scripture, God is a faithful God. And, and he, uh, he will bring us to where he, we need to be. Um, the problem that we have in, in our own lives, as in our nation, is we tend to take our focus off of who the Lord is in our life. You know, we place it on ourselves. And then, and then we be no longer resolute in our conviction of, of who the Lord is and us following the Lord. Now, we may know who he is, but do we follow who he is? Do we represent to people who he is? <clears throat> we must never take our eyes off the Lord for who he is. He is all. That's a capital A, capital L, capital L. Uh, that becomes a resolute foundation, which is everything that was built on from that premise. Now, who in, in, in our uh, congregation here has started the new year, maybe not this one, but in the past, and has become discouraged right away and tried to, to either let slide or simply put off your intentions? Anybody ever have that issue here? I see one or two hands. Three, four, right, four hands, oh, good. Uh, I find that so interesting as I was reading and studying this. I mean, man, that just hits the nail on the head. Um, it, does, um, as, as these in, things occur in, in your life and discouragement arises, does, does that tend to overtake your emotions and you throw up your hands? I don't know what to do. Has that ever happened to anybody? And I'm going to tell you, it, it's, it's, it's commonplace, even amongst Christians, because our focus is on ourselves and what we can do and not resolute on what the founding principle is that, that our foundation of faith is set upon. Um, 
Does anybody uh, care to share anything about a means of, an, of encouraging others in this principle? Any, any personal experiences that you could encourage us with? Well, if I, if I may suggest, the, these ideas are not centered on what the Lord provides or describes. Um, a, let me say this again. Those ideas that are not centered on what the Lord provides or describes could be called New Year's disillusions. And when these are not centered on the Lord's promises and directions. <clears throat> and if you look at our nation and, and where we're at, we, we, we just tend right away to carry back the past definition of things uh, or the past word of things, and we apply a new definition. And unfortunately, that, that's, that happens often in our, in our nation. Disillusions are defined as decompositions into fragments or even disintegration. So if your intentional act for the new year is a resolution, take time to comprehend the meaning for this and honor the Lord with your activities. Be resolute. Be firm in your following. Uh, whereas failure to focus on the biblical foundation of the new year and putting things ahead of, of the respect, the honor, the love of our Lord would be considered as a new year's dissolution? No. If this happened to God's chosen city, Jerusalem, via the turning away of who God is, we are reminded of what our new year brings to us. Now, we need to be absolute. <clears throat> and think about that, and, and I'm not a, a scientist, but I, I remember some things back in my younger years about something being absolute. And can anybody give a, another short definition of what absolute is? Complete. Complete. Anybody else? It's a four-letter word, a good one. True. Huh? True. Pure, did you say? Yeah, absolutely, pure. Um, our focus uh, on the biblical foundation of the new year and putting things ahead of the respect, the honor of the Lord, of, uh, the love of our Lord, if we fail to do that, we can make this our New Year's dissolution. That's why it's so important as, as we look at what we're doing to change this year in honoring the Lord and, and, and through our lives we have to focus on what do, we, what do we do right for the Lord? And of course, we find that obviously in the scripture. I, I hope we have a, a um, our men and women are in the word and, and not just talking and, and, and discussing it, but reading what God's word is saying. Uh, we need to be absolute. We need to be pure in heart and pure in ways according to the scriptures. And it's in his living word. Um, we need to be resolute in living the life that God has ordained for us. And we do this to start with through the acceptance of his son, our Lord and Savior. And then we follow those directions through his word. This is simple as we are Christians and we, we are mature, but how often do we just step away from that for a short time or sometimes even longer? Think about the nation of Israel and what happened to them. Um, and through this fellowship here, know that foundationally these things are in place. We want to be absolute, absolute in our certainty of our eternity. And having 
the right relationship of our Lord Jesus Christ through his forgiveness and his power over Satan. So, you know, sometimes we become discouraged because Satan has created an anomaly in our lives. And if we are resolute in the following our Lord, despite Satan's um, schemes and his trickery, we have solid, pure power in our Lord Jesus Christ and God the Father. And as we take that into the new year, as we make our New Year's resolutions, uh, let's keep that as a focus point of who our Lord and Savior is in our life. Uh, I'll, I'll close with this last statement, and that is, you want to stand strong this year in your convictions and following our Lord, and let these be the first of your resolutions to be resolute. Shall we pray? Father, we, Lord, are grateful, Lord, for who you are, Lord, what you have done. And, uh, Lord, you brought us to this fellowship, Lord, to be encouraged, Lord, to be challenged. And, uh, Lord, we know how Satan's power is evident all around us, Lord, but we thank you, Lord, for your spirit, which is more powerful, Lord. We pray for the leading of that spirit in our lives. Lord, may we spend the time in this new year as, as being uh, one that is resolute in our uh, making a commitment, Lord, to be in your word, to be resolute, Lord, in praying for one another. Lord, to be resolute in our attendance, Lord, in following you. And uh, Lord, may lastly, we resolute in loving you. So Lord, as we, as we go and we uh, head to our different ways, Lord, may your word not be void, Lord, but it would, it would be pure in our, in our hearts now. So we just praise you and thank you, Lord, for the God that you are. We thank you, Lord, for this year and the beginning of it, Lord. We just pray for your, your strength, your wisdom, Lord, your direction in the lives of our, of our people here. And we pray these things all in your son Christ Jesus' name. Amen.